Well, hello, learners. And now the recording of today's online induction session and the Q&A at the end. Hopefully there are no technical issues. Please bear with us if you have the occasional dropout in the signal on the recording. I don't think there are any, but there might be. Hope you enjoy this. And Kat, Guy and myself look forward to fielding any questions which arise after you've listened to this. Um, and uh, yeah, reach out to us on any of our normal uh, emails and social media platforms. And thank you so much for choosing Minerva Elite. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I'm Mills, and I'm Head of Knowledge with Minerva Elite, amongst many other sins. And uh, I'm really delighted to welcome you along today. And thanks so much for choosing Minerva Elite for your learning journey towards the Masters in Business Administration, which we promise you will be as much fun as possible. And uh, our aim today is to take, take away as much of a stress and concern you might have residual in you from hearing what other people have been through on their learning uh, processes. And you've obviously made a much smarter decision than many of those if they've taken different ones and an equally smart one if you're following in the footsteps of someone else who's, uh, who's been through it. And today I'm joined by Guy, the MD of Minerva Elite and Kat, and they both work with me at Northampton as well as associate lecturers. So um, you've got that lovely consistency going on. Um, and yeah, there's many unique features about this process and uh, much of it is the very close integration we have with the top-up university, whether that's Northampton or Cardiff Metropolitan. Um, and we're all super well-educated, but also we've got a foot in, in the camps of industry and defense and other things through our, our backgrounds, marketing and so on. So, um, yep, you'll be, you're dealing with top-class academics, but, uh, you know, also genuinely uh, fully paid up members of a human race, which is, uh, which is extremely unusual. So um, we're going to have some, some time for Q&A at the end. Um, but I'll just hand over to Guy and then Kat to say a few words uh, of introduction and then we'll we'll get into the slides. It isn't deaf by PowerPoint. It's quite light touch stuff. We're not doing any teaching um, as such. Most of it is about giving you permission to find ways to do things that, uh, that work for you around your lifestyle and your learning style and everything else. So uh, on that note, uh, over to Guy. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, and like Mill says, Guy Bachelor, I'm the, I'm the uh, managing director of, of Minerva. And, and firstly, just to echo his words, it's just a, a huge thank you for um, picking us as your provider. Um, you know, we know there is a huge choice of people out there and, and providers out there that you can go with. So thanks very much for the vote of confidence of coming with us. Um, you know, Minerva was set up really up through my experience of getting back into higher education. Um, I was a career soldier. I did 26 years in the army. Um, as I was coming up to leave, uh, I, I realised that probably on on paper I, I had a lot of experience, but uh, academically uh, no qualifications. Um, so I, I was offered a, a place on a, a level seven course. I took it, um, and by the time I got to Northampton Uni and I met Mills, I realised that the, the the provider I'd gone with hadn't really given me the, the correct information and the knowledge I required. Um, and, and it also not made it as supportive as I, as I think it should be. So once I met Mills, I realized it was a way of doing higher education and being supportive uh, of the student and still getting the, exactly the same outcome uh, of imparting the knowledge and, and, and the confidence to, to push on into your you know, higher academic career, go to university and, and get a degree. Um, I, I sort of teased the idea out with Mills over a couple of years and, and we ended up 
really working out that um, with the right people on board, um, we, we could do this, we could become a centre and, and we could provide, you know, the people, you know, the student who is the most important person out, out, of, the, out of the equation, really, of Minerva, you know, with a correct learning experience that is, um, you know, on call, supported, and with all the resources, so you don't need to keep finding extra funds to support your learning. Um, once we go through the VLE later on, uh, you know, Mills and Cat will show you that, you know, all the resources are provided for you. So before you buy anything extra, <clears throat> you really need to speak to one of us because if we can't find it for you free on the internet, um, you know, we'd probably have a conversation around why you think you need it and then we would help you get it if, if we think there's a requirement. So, that's the ethos of Minerva, really. We're a small provider. Uh, we never have more than 80 students on our books. And that's because we want to have that one-to-one -one, um, relationship with you where you really feel like you're, you're being supported and you know us and, and we, we know you. And Kat will come on to it more later uh, as our student performance lead, you know, how she, she really gets to know you as a person and, and, and pulls the best out of you. During, a, during the process over the, over the next year. Um, I think that's probably enough from me. Um, that's the ethos behind it. More than happy to answer any questions you've got at the end. Uh, and I'm gonna put my email address up in the chat room now. Please take a note of it, I'm always available. Uh, just drop me an email and happy to have a conversation with you at, at any stage over the next uh, year until you finish your studies. And also, um, I'm really keen on, on helping people as they transition from the military because um, you know, having been through it, I can realise parts of it are really daunting and I think it's good to be able to speak to someone who's, who's done it. It definitely helped me when I was transitioning. And also, you know, from a career development point of view, you know, I've been, I've been you know, in the commercial sector now for five years. I've picked up some um, interesting contacts along the way and I'm, I'm, I'm always willing to share those um, so you know if you think I can help you in any way um, please don't hesitate to drop me an email and that's enough from me I think over to you Kat. Okay um, hello everyone uh, so my name is Kat uh, I've been working for the company for more or less now a year um, no actually in fact already a bit more so time goes by really quickly um, so I am here as your, well, as more or less like the key or the first point of contact when it comes to your uh, study experience. So I will be here for like checking your drafts, um, providing you with feedback, um, and also like any other questions you may have that might not be directly study related. Um, so the way I approach um, education in general. Um, is there's absolutely no stupid questions. Um, the only stupid ones are the ones that are not getting asked because that means we cannot uh, provide you with an answer. <laughs> um, so, and generally um, we have like a lot of students joining and they're like, mm, okay, we don't really know how to do this. Uh, how are we best or how, what's the best way to do things? What if we don't really write what you want to write or what you want to see? Um, so this is not how I and I think how we all as a team work. There is no right or wrong regarding your approach uh, as long as you can justify it. So it's not about what we think is right. It's more about whether you know you can you can back up your argument. And 
our opinion when it comes to assignments doesn't really matter. So um, I will be providing you with feedback on, you know, what, what can be improved, like maybe reference wise or also argument wise, how you can make arguments stronger, um, what different types of analysis are, what evaluation means. These all, all of these things um, uh, you will basically be learning throughout the first year. Um, and also when you submit the first assessment, um, we, we don't expect anyone to already be an expert in academic writing and postgraduate studies. So we want the whole first year as we see it as kind of like a preparation year for uh, the second year where you then do your MBA at the university. Uh, and that's why uh, use the support you have. Um, Whatever question, please don't ever hesitate to contact me or also my uh, colleagues, Mills or Guy. Um, and then we will uh, provide you with the answer. So, and yeah, so the key thing is uh, we, like looking at the overall experience, we want to make it as enjoyable for you as possible. That's it from me for now. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you both, uh, Kat and Guy. And I should have said slightly earlier that we're recording today's session, uh, both for those that cannot join us today, so they can uh, catch up with us a little bit later, but also um, because we will put up the audio for a podcast and the video uh, recording of this session so that you can replay this. So you can take some notes today if you want, but you also don't need to because it will, it will be recorded. So it's all about making the most of, um, you know, the resources, the time, the technology that's around. And uh, part of that is, you know, taking the pressure off of actually needing to take notes now when, uh, you know, we could uh, quite easily just press a button and record it, which, uh, to be honest, is a lot easier for everybody. So let's press on with the induction fen, uh, process then. And uh, like I said, we have Q&A session at the end. And today's session is all about embedding and making real the ABC methodology which we have, which is unique to Minerva Elite. Um, it's also fairly unique for a learning provider to think how on earth its students actually learn. And that's mainly because we're very keen on being student-centered and, uh, in, in other words, putting the customer at the focus of things, um, but also because there's a lot of bad practice out there and uh, we can talk to you for, for many, many hours about uh, the, the bad practice we've heard from other providers, which really don't put the learner at the center of things and instead build things around the the requirements of the teaching staff and uh, although we like to have a very easy life we appreciate that the priorities in this situation are you the learners and so the, the combination of academic skills which we're covering today uh, giving you enough to get started. I mean, obviously you can refine things as you go forward, but in, in terms of taking away the stress and the fear that, that you would have, we're, we're going to crash through the key academic skills today, start building you on, on the pathway to confident expression in, in everything that you do on, on paper or you know, in a word processing package, and being feeling free to exploit time in technology to the absolute maximum that you can in your, in your study journey. And what that means is that three to five, four to eight hours a week, and with time off, of course, 
um, on average is absolutely adequate to to ace this route and we know that from a practice of having worked with a very wide variety of learners on this pathway um, that 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 does you know just just nail it if you can find find that time we also appreciate that you know sometimes um, you know motivation is tricky to find and it's very important not to just keep on uh, struggling to do work if it's really not working for you if you are finding it a, a sticky period you've got enough to to balance cognitively with other things that are going on in your life you don't need this on top so have a break for for a week or two and uh, by all means talk to us about about that process and what you might do just to keep things spinning while you go into a sort of a state of academic suspended animation um but you know it's perfectly fine to do that and sometimes we just need to do that and uh myself as a so-called professional academic is always doing other things and putting their hand up to, to take on other often um insoluble tasks you know sometimes it does just get too much and you need to just stop doing doing stuff so by really putting academic skills at the center of things today but in a in a fresh and hopefully very engaging and accessible way you'll be the best judge of that of course um then we are starting with um you know giving you some instantly applicable uh hints and tips and, and time saving techniques we very much hope you'll be able to make your own or adapt and um and develop further and we're all the time thinking about how to improve these things uh, some of them aren't quite ready to as it were make fully commercial yet so they're not uh, sort of central to the to the minerva offer or the university of northampton offer for that matter um, but i've recently created a template to help structure um, assignments because i saw that people had found templates uh, themselves by buying them off of etsy um, by getting given them by friends who developed something or other, which I thought was was pretty appalling. The ones on Etsy are, are very cute and uh, very affordable. Um, it's just I thought we could do a little bit better in terms of being being useful to you. So, um, and my guys as the academic pirate making study easy. That's my exciting brand um, out there disrupting. Then I'm, I'm giving away a template, and uh, I, obviously I do some exclusive work with with Minerva promoting how it can be can be used but that's very much about helping you divide each assignment up into uh, sections or little bit little processes perhaps you might want to call them and it doesn't matter if you can find only a few minutes of time but you should be able to to kind of chew away at a little bit of a of a problem to feel that you're making progress rather than think i need to find those three to five or four to eight hours a week in one or two blocks and that's the only thing that's going to count with doing academic study in actual fact that's not the case and uh, in research that i've done for various distance learning providers um <laughs> the the most successful students tend to be those who can fit study in around their life in and, and not worry about the fact that it's five minutes here 10 minutes there finding an article as they're you know commuting on a train emailing it to themselves later with a couple of key points that they've extracted from it you know it is okay to do academic work like that so when i started today's session talking about helping you um, give yourself permission to do things in your own way, that really is something that we are exceptionally serious about in a very fun-loving and frivolous way. Um, but it is okay to find your own ways of doing things. And you'll hear me and Kat and Guy talk about approaches which you will not hear discussed in that way 
anywhere else, I believe, uh, both at the private training provider level and also at university level. And that's because, well, there's a whole pile of reasons. And my podcasts are a place to go to if you want to listen to me opine about why, why academics are generally not interested in making things easy for people when actually they could and they should. Um, because what we're interested in is how much hard work you put into thinking about things differently, not doing just the basic mechanics of writing assignments. Um, keeping that as a sort of a simple, uh, sorry, keeping that as an exotic and very difficult process, there's no fun in that. And uh, that doesn't make us feel great. Helping people reach levels of understanding where they challenge conventional wisdom come up with their own ideas maybe you invent your own business as guy did that's what gets us excited it really is about seeing other people succeed so um, if we can make the, the what other people find difficult simple and then you uh, come up with great ways of you know solving problems in the workplace starting a business helping a charity improving things in your military unit or whatever uh, then we are we are happy buddies so let's press on. So we've got a cute little terrier here because, and I apologies if you hear my various dogs bark in the background, um, because we really do want to make the study skills thing seem kind of cuddly and approachable and, and relatively high energy, um, like a like a Jack Russell. I'm very aware that they do do a little bit of biting once in a while as well. So we'll uh, we'll avoid talking about the bitey side of, of the Jack Russell. But you know, many universities, um, when it comes to study skills. Um, instruction really do almost nothing and uh, that's a real shame because it really means that those who've had the benefit of private tuition or they've accidentally discovered ways of making study easy are a huge advantage but everybody else is left taking a very difficult approach to doing to doing study the very long-winded way of doing things which is a bit problematic and, and uh, not something that we that we like so um, we're going to make the study skills thing today uh, as super useful for you as possible and I hope that you uh, find it immediately kind of inspiring and, and empowering and the topics we're going to go through are how you can use multimedia sources and you, if you subscribe to any of my social media uh, channels you will you will no doubt have heard me go on uh, quite a lot about you know using documentaries um, good newspaper articles and other things as your sources of ideas about business and leadership and other things and a lot of that really is because those sources retain the excitement of business and uh, I love it as well when when students well we all do when students um, go off and find out things about some cutting-edge business we've never heard of and it transpires is really really big um, and or it could be a startup that's going through you know exponentially high growth but they're doing something that's so interesting and exciting and different um, that you, you literally the hairs stand up on your on your arms and the back of your back of your neck because it is just extraordinary what's happening and that's even the case in times of you know terrible commercial challenge as covid has been and no doubt the, the second and third wave the, the sort of post but not post covid all of the the fallout of of paying back for um the furlough schemes and everything else which have been embarked upon yeah, it's going to be tough times ahead but there will still be businesses which which do really really well and uh, i was hearing about dpd running for re reverse logistics for amazon the other day and uh, that totally amazing the scale of uh of, of business that's been developed there and um how many jobs are being created and um how you can b become a specialist in, in something really quite quite 
extraordinary. Who would have thought that Amazon would need uh, an external partner to run one of their one of their key um, key business processes, i.e., the return of stuff that, which is faulty or no longer wanted or or whatever. So, but yes, by looking at documentaries, um, by encouraging people to um, go and find their own sources of case studies uh, and so on and so forth, then we hope that that means that you you find you you will find the the moments that you set aside to do some work on the MBA pathway, year one, the extended diploma something where you might just sort of sit down and watch something for 20 minutes rather than think that you need to grind through the PowerPoint decks, which we provide necessarily restrict yourself to the links that we have, um, follow up on some of your academic articles, you know, no, you do need to, to have mention of, of theories and so on, but there are also other sources where you can get some great stuff from. We love direct quotes from, um, original, business practitioners or consultants in business and other things um, or great academic uh, great military leaders of the past and so on and so forth so what we're going to be introducing you to in the next few slides are these these headings academic assignments what we're looking for in terms of you acing year one the structure what it is that you actually need to deliver in the um, uh, in, in the assignments, uh, most of them written. Don't be put off by that. Anything you've heard about essays, don't worry. We're here to take away the, the fear and, and the loathing of those. And the at least you need to do at least one verbal assessment. Again, it's a guided conversation with someone who's friendly and is looking to pass you and is going to probe and press you to make sure you deliver the content that's needed uh, against each of the assessment criteria that uh, the accrediting body, Pearson at Excel, uh, expect us to capture. Academic referencing, again, I know this is something which has put people off study in the past, and um, I understand why, because it has been made into something which seems so incredibly difficult. And uh, I think we can deal with a majority of uh, academic referencing, i.e. to give you enough that you would um, absolutely tick the box of having got an academic reference in uh, your paper in 30 seconds or so. Uh, there's a more ex a more lengthy um, exposition of it, which uh, is on my YouTube channel, which is uh, three minutes or so. Uh, we do not need a day or several days uh, on academic referencing. And as soon as you've got any any challenges or issues about referencing, drop us a line, and we'll we'll help get you get you set on those. You know, how do I reference a, a documentary? How do I reference a web page that doesn't have a date on it? We're here to help with all that. But um, in principle, it's remarkably simple, and you won't believe how overblown and ridiculous uh, other academics are for their obsessions about making people you know spend a day or more and all of that. Then the whole elements of the academic discipline, which really just means the, the tool set that helps you capture, structure, analyze, present the data that you need to convert into information, information into the assignment, and the assignment into your, your pass, and uh, then on to year two. And the great news for year two is that you start with a blank slate, i.e. you don't carry forward um, grades of year one because there aren't any, it's pass or fail. Uh, which means as long as you do pretty well on the uh, the assignments that you have for, for year two, um, a distinction is 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 possible because there's only two pieces of work. So um, it's a lot easier than having to get a distinction in, you know, uh, 11, 12, 13 pieces. Um, so that's good news. So, yeah, note-taking, thinking, planning, reflecting, visualization. We're going to give you permission to try all sorts of things. And this presentation will be on the virtual learning environment as well.
Speaking of which, it's a brand new interface. It's designed to enhance your learning journey rather than stand in the way of it. It's easy to access on the move. Um, it's secure. It's where you can also upload your uh, versions for submission uh, when, you, when you've uh, got the feedback on the, the drafts that you've prepared, when you're then ready for it to be graded. Um, that's for the portal that you upload it. So it's, uh, it's a one-stop uh, location and uh, it's been recently uh, made over extensively. In fact, it's been redesigned from the ground up and um, it's a really slick um, interface now. Guy, do you want to say a few words about, about the VLE and um, um, the sort of reception it's got from students so far? It's been overwhelmingly positive, hasn't it? So it's, it's uh, not at all clunky. It's better for most university virtual learning environments. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Mills. Um, I, you know, I, I could echo all of Mills's words there, but the, the general feedback we get uh, from the new learning environment is, you know, everything is in one place, and and the way it's set up is to be immersive for you as the learner. So, you know, when when you open up, it's a home page that's completely dedicated to you and your learning journey. Um, everything you've already achieved is marked up. The unit that you are on is clearly visible and the units you have to do uh, are, are clearly visible as well. There's a complete resources deck there, which everything we talk about in terms of academic referencing and, and uh, useful documents and um, uh, a dictionary of words. So you can work so with, with explanations of what some of the academic words mean are, are all available on there. And it's all very quick, very easy, very intuitive. And I suppose you, you, we will go over a, um, a lesson, for want of a better word, on the VLE during this presentation. But um, what I'd encourage you all to do as soon as possible is, is to get on there and have a play around with it and just have a look at the, the resources that are available to you and, and how easy it is um, to use. And I think uh, until we go and have a look at it, that's probably enough from me for now. Perfect, awesome, thanks Guy. So hopefully you already believe that uh, academic study is nothing like as difficult as everyone around uh, around us tells us. And that's a real problem culturally, is, is that we do have that uh, over-communication of how difficult things are when uh, my experience uh, really hasn't been you know, but that's, but that's the case. And um, as we've, you know, all the work that I do at the university and uh, with Minerva Elite is really living proof that study can be for those who really um, grasp it, as it were, um, are able to let go of the fears which uh, which hold so many people back it really can be a lot of fun it, it can be seen as a bit of a game um, but what what it isn't is something special and sacred and esoteric that only a, a select few with a special background and with or with a particular IQ level um, can can you know do well at um, there are many ways of learning there are many ways of constructing each of the assignments um, and so even if you have friends who've taken this precise pathway, doesn't mean that the way in which you tackle the assignments will have much in common with, with how they chose to. Um, similarly, if you know people who've taken an MBA program at another university, um, you may find that this one differs significantly in terms of the, the style of the support, the things that we think are, are important, um, and the, the time burden on you. 
uh, will be nothing like as as problematic as as other institutions force people to to to, to stick with even at, at uh, undergraduate level actually come to think of it um, let alone MBA level so the process really shouldn't be a grind having said that there will be some modules that you prefer over others that's totally natural you know with 11 there's bound to be some which uh, are, are more appealing than, than others um, so some may be a little bit of a grind but as a as a whole as a holistic activity as a process there should not be a grind that you fear as long as you are open to this idea that you can fit study around your your work and life not vice versa and actually from a, a well-being point of view especially uh, as we're sort of coming out of, of covid um, it's really important not to um, to overwork yourself um, on, on the learning pathway such as this a lot of the the breakthrough moments when things begin to fit together either in terms of getting to understand a concept uh, a theory, a particular model, or in terms of pulling together the start of an essay, the middle bit of an essay, whatever else. They are not necessarily made simpler or your, your um, enjoyment enhanced by sheer bloody-minded amount of time that you invest when it doesn't feel like it's working for you. If it doesn't feel like it's working for you and it's a real struggle, do not continue. Um, you know, this is cognitive labor. It's an intellectual effort. So it's not about, you know, time on the on the, the countdown timer. Um, you know, I haven't done my, you know, three, three or five or four or eight hours this week. You know, you can have great, you can make great progress. And maybe you only spent half an hour doing it this week. Um, maybe, in fact, you work a lot quicker than many other people anyway. So actually, you need to spend two hours a week. Or maybe you, you struggle to get back up to speed with topics after a bit of a, a time away, a couple of days off the topic, and it takes you a little bit longer. Well, it's all horses for courses. But what you mustn't do is continue trying to fight something like writer's block or whatever else you, you might call it the wall um, there really is no point it won't work and you'll get extremely demotivated and probably be very grumpy and um, there, there really is no need so sometimes you need the courage to step away to do something else and then when you come back to the uh, the thing you've been wrestling with you you should find either that there's something else to do instead so you don't need perhaps to stick with that that theory or model that you've been struggling with because there are almost always choices or you'll find actually now I can find a way through it. Or you just think perhaps, oh, I know, I can actually just pop onto YouTube, put in the name of that model and see if someone else out there has explained this thing in a way that makes more sense to me than all the reading that I'm doing and all the trying to uh, work it out myself activity, which is not really paying off yet. So don't fear doing that kind of thing. And you might start watching, you know, the top eight, the, 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 the top 28 YouTube videos and none of them work. And then you may finally come across one and click, there you go, it works for you. So this is the, uh, I suppose, unconventional, well, very much unconventional approach to academic study uh, that um, we promote. But it's a very natural, let's call it organic, but also a proven technique. Um, it's what's got me to, to where I am today and and uh, and Kat as well. And, uh, you know, with, with Guy uh, arriving at Northampton uh, a good many years ago now to, to do the MBA top up 
um, the same process uh, was enthusiastically accepted and endorsed by him as well. So this is our secret source. We don't really have a name for it overall yet. We could call it pedagogy, uh, the theory of learning. It's a dreadful word, uh, so we don't tend to use that. Um, but you know, for want of a better term, it's our, it's our secret source. Anyway, another great thing about the combination of the Level 7 Extended Diploma leading on to and being the gateway qualification for the MBA top-up is that you are encouraged and indeed um, rewarded for drawing on your own experiences. And if I had a pound for every time someone asked me, is it okay to talk about my own experience, my own opinions based on that experience? Because another university has said I can, it's only my opinions. Do I have to find an academic source to back up the fact that what I saw as Chief Betty Officer on the Ark Royal uh, was real because it's only my word. Yes, absolutely. You do not need to find another or an academic to back you up in your opinions. If you are going to write 100, 150 words of a little dict or vignette on an experience you had that either underscores why a theory or a model is really good, or in fact, um, proves that the theory of a model doesn't extend to the real world experience you had, that's all well and good. And you are a subject matter expert already in many things, just as a dint of your professional experience and background. And um, there's no need to, to have to sort of triangulate your experience with what academics have written um, to prove that what you said is, is right and reliable. So you can absolutely draw on your own opinions. What you can't do is just sort of have a, have a rant about things because it's a, a personal hobby horse or bugbear of yours. Uh, we're all about helping scratch the academic itch. Uh, and we're all about helping you to get uh, ticks in boxes. Um, but we don't want you to, to feel as though you know um, you're, you're you're being being empowered to uh, to have a Victor Meldrew moment of, of rambling on about something that you personally feel very strongly about but but is really just a sort of a strange obsession there are other ways where we can help you draw on things like that but um, your opinion on the topic topic matters when you've got some some real world experience that's relevant uh, your personal you know, obsession about um, customer service or something in the round uh, is, is not um, super valuable, but other things, other things are. So although each of these modules is a pass fail deal, um, we're able to give you so much more credit if you, if you can show how you've drawn on or would draw on ideas and models in real life. So you talk about your, your vignette, your instant, the event or something, and then you talk about how the model um, can help understand that, could solve it, could avoid it, could help people do more of it, you know, as, as appropriate to the situation. So that's really a combination of, of sort of the pragmatic and, and, uh, and, and the intellectual. So less academic in the formal kind of, this is of academic interest because it's divorced from reality, more this is of an intellectual or academic caliber, high intellectual caliber, um, and it happens also to relate to the real world. So please do use those experiences of your own, uh, of friends and relatives that, that have uh, shared ideas with you. Um, absolutely fantastic for us to read those. It keeps us very stimulated and focused on uh, being positive about the piece of work in front of us. And it shows that you're navigating the world of the real and the, the theory and the models and, and bouncing between them. And our external examiner is also extremely keen on seeing those and gets really quite excited, which is very, very good news.
And for the top up phase to the MBA, what we like to do is to push that even further. So you use the, the dissertation, which you've got to do as a way to generate skills uh, or to entrench or widen ones you've picked up already professionally. Uh, to develop a network to use the fact that you're doing this MBA study at your point in life from your particular background as a way of getting a toe in the door of organizations that uh, others might struggle to access and access them at a level that others would definitely struggle to. Um, you can use the dissertation also as a means of, gen or as well as, or separately, as a means of generating a business plan, as Guy did for uh, Minerva Elite, and that's why we're, we're all here today, um, or a problem-solving toolkit for a, an intractable issue in a workplace, could be yours, could be someone else's. Um, many, many ways of making the dissertation more enjoyable for you, something that uh, you absolutely look forward to spending time on, but is also perhaps a springboard to doing something else professionally, whether it's for yourself or someone else, um, at, or at the very least giving you something interesting to talk about that other people won't have when it comes to interviews for jobs in the future. And uh, we're lucky enough to, to stay in touch with many of our alumni from, uh, from this process. And uh, many have, have spoken about how the, the, the particular type of route of, of doing an MBA, the particularly uh, unconventional high value topic they've looked at in the dissertation have been things which have really enabled potential employers to, to get the measure of them as being uh, exceptional candidates for posts and, uh, and therefore have tended to appoint them over others who perhaps have um, you know, academics from a, a, a top tier university and that came with a particular price tag, um, but they haven't done anything in terms of thinking outside the box um, or generating brand new ideas. Um, and that's super important for many businesses as, uh, as they struggle to, 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 to cope with all sorts of turbulence and opportunities with people who are stuck with thinking in, in traditional ways, which, which just don't cut it. So these then are the modules. Uh, no surprises here, hopefully. And it runs the gamut of everything you'd expect to see on any MBA program in the world, which is why this is such a, a low risk route for you and such a, an amazing opportunity at this price point um, versus other providers. Um, because we cover supply chain, finance, e-strategy, strategic human resource management, corporate comms, strategic marketing, that's CAT's specialist area. Uh, strategic management and leadership, change management, everything you'd find on any full MBA program in the world, but, all, but obviously at a, at a much more attractive uh, price point. And for the, uh, the ones with the yellow, uh, you have a choice of doing those either verbal or written, but at least one of them needs to be done in, in uh, verbal uh, format, which is that guided conversation. You might choose to do a PowerPoint presentation or just have notes. Some people can just do it for memory, um, whichever works best for you. And there'll be plenty of time to discuss what will be the appropriate um, technique for you to adopt. Um, but it's that, that mix again. Uh, the verbal ones, uh, we used to have a lot more of them. The problem with them is they take a very um, significant amount of time, uh, which uh, for you is, is not what you want to be um, investing your time in when uh, you know hammering at the, the essay can be a lot quicker um, but we've preserved at least one and uh, up to two um, on the pathway um, so yep we'll be working with you to to help you get going ASAP on all of that now making real the ace commitment 
um, is our kind of bare bones, back to basics approach, which is there is a process and it's remarkably simple, but it's only simple because we verbalize it and nobody else does. So every unit has an assignment brief. Now these are developed by us at Minerva Elite exclusively, but it's, they're based on the uh, requirements for the assessment criteria, which are set out by the accrediting body, body Pearson, which have uh, a fairly high level of governance and scrutiny on, on the process. So you can be to totally assured that everything is, uh, is, is, is fully uh, explored and examined by our external validator periodically. And uh, in general, I would say the process is, is even more rigorous and robust than, than that that universities employ. Anyway, long story short, uh, Pearson tell us the scope of the material that has to be covered, i.e. the curriculum, and what needs to be examined, as it were, in each part of the assessment. The structure of the assessment and how we encourage you to do it, uh, that's up to us. And we've taken the judgment that it should be a written document, relatively formal, but you can write it in an informal way. But I don't think it would be super helpful for us to encourage or force everyone to do a sort of an art portfolio or uh, patchwork quilts or interpretive dance. Uh, even though I personally have a bit of a thing for mime, I don't think they would be um, time efficient ways of you communicating key information to us and also being able to share your drafts um, with, uh, with, with Kat uh, or one of the rest of us as, as you go along towards submission for grading. So every unit has an assignment brief. That's our version of you know, questions or a scenario which um, meet the requirements of the accrediting body. And uh, we tend to label each section of the assignment brief with the relevant uh, assessment criteria that relate to it. So we suggest that even before you look at the PowerPoint decks which support each of the modules, and uh, I.e. the one that you'll be starting out with, um, that you, you, you read the question first, um, uh, or, or this scenario. Some of them aren't questions as such. Um, then read the assessment criteria. We'll show you an example of those in a moment. And then the further guidance which are provided, which is provided by uh, Pearson, and all of these are in one easy place to find, the, the handbook, which will be on the virtual learning environment. So you don't even need to go through individual documents for each of the assignments. You have them all in, in one place. And then do a bit of reading, listening, and watching around the topic. As with eating the elephant, you know, you want to do it in, in small chunks, small mouthfuls. And that's where, you know, five minutes here or there, 10 minutes, half an hour, you know, anything is, anything is good if it works for you. Um, but there is absolutely no, uh, no sense that someone who does all of their preparation in five-minute chunks um, is in any way shortchanging the process or the you know sort of academic ethos absolutely not um, some people really only focus extremely well for very short periods of time and then get bored very easily that tends to be me so you know five or ten minute blocks or if you're into this pomodoro approach of using that uh, kitchen timer thing you know 25 minutes i think that is then i have a five minute break and carry on or do something different whatever technique works for you but remember none of them um, are silver bullets that work for everybody. Um, you'll probably know already roughly how um, 
how you can be most efficient or maybe you don't um this could be an opportunity to discover um but if someone says this works for me you should use it well you should maybe try it but some of the trying of these techniques is extremely time inefficient in itself um because you have to you know fill in lots of lots of um cells in a in an app or something and then it will remind you to do this at certain times of the day and so on and so forth and you, know, you could have done some work in the time that you spent populating it and then probably deleting your profile and then redoing it so always take with um a shovel full of salt ideas which other people pitch that have worked perfectly for them um because they might be really efficient inefficient anyway um so they may not be the best guides or what works for them might absolutely not not be something which works for you so read the brief, read the assessment criteria, i.e. the things we're looking for or looking to have evidence for, because that's what populates the feedback sheet. So we've got to have material from you against each of those things. And then the further guidance provides you the more granular insight into what you need to evidence. So for example, the assessment criteria might talk about um, explain the importance of strategic marketing management and then the further guidance might say something like the student needs to refer to at least two examples of companies uh, strategic um, comms approach or something or strategic marketing approach um, so the guidance is useful because it gives you bounds as well uh, and you know if it says the student must use uh, two or apply free examples or give x number of case studies don't exceed those unless you absolutely feel you you need to um because all you need to do is provide two or three or x um you, you really don't need to go go beyond that and although the powerpoint decks which we provide are extensive um they are somewhat exhaustive if you were to sit down and go through them um all in one sitting which is a very unwise thing to do of course now they are extensive and exhaustive and exhausting because the curriculum is set by pearson but as with all of the material covered on any curriculum or about anything anywhere in the world it has a lot of content in it which you're not really got an opportunity to to showcase that you um that, that that you understand so you know we, we there might be sort of five models of change presented um but the further assessment guidance for the assignment for that uh, module might say you you only need to to, to describe two well what we're not going to do is try and catch you out and uh you know let's say that's a verbal um assignment and so we're talking to you about it and then we're sort of you know you, you talk about two and then we're going to say oh could you just talk about another two uh, that's not going to happen so you can absolutely prepare your very best game against the assignment brief that's set out without worrying about the things that you're not so strong on um, so it gives you a lot more control if you like and that's the same thing as you know the choice of essays at school or a bricks and mortar undergraduate university um, uh, exam or or piece of coursework where you have you know several questions to choose from so if you don't like a particular bit of economics um then you can you, you would choose the question that relates to another bit you might also not like that one much but you'll like it a bit less than um uh the the the, the topic you absolutely despise um the reading listening and watching around a topic is also giving you permission to to research around the materials that we provide and again that's the great thing about university uh, the bricks and mortar variety 
is that you are encouraged and expected to read, listen and watch around the topic. Oftentimes that's totally necessary because many lecturers and seminar tutors are extremely poor at their, at their profession. They might be very good at writing books uh, and learned papers around the topic, but in terms of imparting wisdom and infusing you in a lecture hall or a seminar room, they might be really, really bad. Uh, I had several good ones at university, many mediocre ones, and some absolutely dire ones. And really, you know, by the end of, uh, well, actually by halfway through the term for some of the poorest lecturers, no one will be going to the lectures anymore um, because you knew that you had to supplement it by reading anyway. So you just do the reading instead and not sit through the noise of someone droning uh, on for a couple of hours a week about the topic. Uh, so you might find the PowerPoint slides don't quite work for you on a topic. Um, so, you know, heading off and, you know, finding your own sources is absolutely fine. And, you know, that's very much uh, in keeping with uh, the traditional way of doing things at, the, at a bricks and mortar um, institution. As you go along and as you go through life, uh, through doing this study, jot down or email or send voice memos to yourself of examples of, of stuff, quotes, anecdotes, vignettes, uh, ideally the source of all of these things as well as you go along, um, just to make that study process embedded in your, in your daily life. Because most of the time, whether we're buying something online, um, going to, you know, thank goodness for cafes, restaurants, coffee shops, which are now reopening, um, or perhaps in your day job, um, you know, you are out there in business experiencing how the commercial world is, is, is working or not working and uh, any insights that you, you can draw on are, are really valuable and um, don't miss them by thinking as I always do, oh, I'll write that down later because then all you, all you remember later is you were meant to write something down but you can't remember what it was you were meant to write down which is uh, the worst of both worlds it's it's really annoying and um, as far as I can tell it's impossible to recover those sorts of memories unless you're very lucky right so that's the process of, of the pre-prep if you like and then having having begun to read around the topic build your confidence that you understand it plan your response to the assignment brief and um, that really is about sketching out the uh, the overview of the document and the, the structure of it. And that's where the template that I mentioned can, can, uh, can come into play to make things simpler for you. But it's also where you might find actually you really, really like mind maps and you know that already. So feel free just to use mind maps. Um, and, you know, we are very happy to work with, you know, sites of mind maps or, or um, bullet point headings, anything else that makes, makes it easy for you to get information down on the page about how you're pulling together your response to the assignment. Um, we can then key into that, skim through it, make sure that um, we think that it looks along the right lines. Um, and again, another exclusive, as you probably understand, we love talking. Um, so running whatever your sketch outline format is past us for conversational feedback is super efficient for us because talking is seven times faster than writing approximately. Um, but it also means you get the chance to ask instant questions or to push back or to correct us if we haven't quite got the, uh, the full understanding of what it is that you're uh, intending to, to get across to us. Um, and conversation is, is, you know, 
much underrated i think in education it doesn't happen often enough but uh, but we love it because it's very efficient for us and uh, very helpful for you in terms of getting a lot of information in a short period of time so once you've drawn up uh, a kind of a skeleton then it's a question of filling it out checking yourself against the assessment criteria to make sure that you've got evidence for all the things there that we need to tick off and put in uh, all the um all the narrative around um our uh, appreciation of what it is you've done check your references i make sure that you've got them and then submit them through the the portal that we were speaking about slightly earlier and what you need to deliver in terms of ac academic structure is in essence really quite simple now the key thing is having an an introduction and as you might expect a conclusion and the introduction should really be an interpretation of the task that you're fulfilling um, and can also begin with you defining key terms um, from the uh, assessment uh, sorry from the assignment brief and that normally means that even in the introduction or in the introductory paragraphs you can start getting uh, start um, ticking off and, and acing some of the assessment criteria that you need to because almost every in fact I think all of the assignments begin with and um, please explain the importance of XX to strategic management or something similar so that really lends itself to a definition of the thing for example uh, e-strategy and of course strategic management the other side of the the, the jargon filled sentence that, that will be there and because you're using a definition you also need an academic reference for that i.e you need to reference in an academic style it doesn't need to be from an academic if it is okay that's great as well um, so you can get going with a piece of work by doing a definition which establishes what um, preferred interpretation of this bit of jargon uh, is that you're using putting that in inverted commas speech marks um, and, and listing after it in brackets the the author of that uh, fantastic definition and the page number uh, and the year of publication of that uh, of that source so you know you're getting going with the um, response to the assignment your your submission or your draft of a submission but you're also doing other things you're establishing in the reader's mind that you know all about the academic um, uh, niceties of referencing of using speech marks um, enclosing the original text you're using the let's hope Harvard reference system because it's one of the easier ones open bracket hill space 1983 colon space one for the page number close brackets full stop that's it we'll do a little bit more on that shortly um, and you know that's one of your assessment criteria ticked off immediately and it also means that we can sort of say you know candidate also provided excellent academic reference from whoever um, so you know that's how I really think we should all be thinking about these assignments as you know vehicles as showcases of uh, of you putting together great quotes great understanding begin to sound a bit like Preston Trump here very strong understanding tremendous quotes um, and you're playing to your strengths because you're only going to talk about the bits that you really like or enjoy the models the theorists that you've uh, taken an interest in and you don't need to worry about the other ones um, you need to know other thoughts other opinions are available um, but there are, are an infinite number of those um, so in exploring the issues the models drawing on your anecdotes you're going to be building an argument you're going to be using nice reference quotes throughout and little by little 
driven by ticking off these assessment criteria, your structure will emerge. And that template thing that I mentioned slightly earlier to you will, will also help with that. And then with a discussion, with a conclusion, and then your bibliography of all the sources that you used, it begins for you to look and feel like a full strength academic assignment, which is what it will be. So another way then of summarizing what it is we're looking for, and which also help you be as efficient as possible in your studies is number one, having loads of focus. And that really is making sure that you answer the question or deal with the scenario presented. And you can go a little bit outside or left or right of arc, um, if you wish, to add a certain uh, joie de vivre or whatever, or elan, lots of continental stuff, to your, uh, your assignment. But really, we can only reward you against the assessment criteria. So try and be as focused as possible on that element and being as clear as possible about which of the assessment criteria you're dealing with in any one section. And that is why it is totally okay. In fact, it's to be encouraged and makes life super simple for you if all of the headings of your emerging draft or of your mind map are the assessment criteria. And then you know you're constantly reminded of what it is that you've got to produce. And if you want, you can also write in smaller font somewhere near that heading, the further assessment guidance that bears on that particular assessment criteria. You know, apply models and then, you know, it's a minimum of two models. Well, minimum of two, just do two. Um, so that focus, that clarity, really important. There is a word count that's recommended. It's really good to stick to the word count that's recommended all the time, i.e. 45 minutes for the verbal assessment. Not because we are going to penalise you for going over the word count, because we don't. Um, not that we are going to penalise you for going over time with a verbal assessment, because we don't. But it's just that one of the key strengths of the academic process is in helping people compose arguments in a finite amount of space in the same way that if you're putting a brief together for um, a senior manager then you probably have a maximum of two sides of a4 or maybe less to get your message across and if you write more than that uh, it probably won't get written or it will have a even more negative effect on the likelihood of your recommendations being taken on board. So it's a great discipline to try and stick to and get within 10% of the word count or the time budget which is allocated to you. Um, because it's, I'm not gonna say it's good for you at the level of the soul, um, but it is good to, to have a limit. Um, Certainly at Northampton, we don't penalise people when they go over the 10% for the two items of work required for the MBA top-up. But I'm aware that, you know, some universities do and some universities won't mark um, after the, let's say it's a 5,000 word uh, essay, after the 5,000th or 5,001th uh, word, then they'll just stop marking, uh, which is kind of brutal. Um, I sort of understand it. I also don't really think that it sits very well with uh, the customer focused approach to education. Um, but, you know, choose your top up university wisely in, 
in that case. So that discipline is important. Um, aim to stick to it. If you get totally carried away and super hyper excited by a topic area, um, we'll, we'll allow it. Um, confidence, that's very important in the tone and the style that you adopt in your assignments. I would start by probably having something like bullet points or very sparse text and then beginning to, to fill it out with something more stylistic, um, something which captures some of the personality of the, of the author. Don't think that you have to write in a very old-fashioned, dull way. You can have as much of yourself shining through the language uh, as possible. And that, again, is something that many of our learners have never heard elsewhere and didn't know was possible. Um, which is why also writing in the first person is absolutely fine as well. You don't need to be writing uh, in the third person. This essay will argue. You know, we all know that the essay is doing nothing on its own. Sadly, sadly, you have to do all the effort yourself, um, which is quite annoying and is unlikely to change in the, in the near future. Um, some humility is great. So using direct quotes from others is, is fantastic because it, it shows that you are aware of the intellectual debt owed to others. But also other people often have a way with words which most of us can only dream of having. So they can sum up in a couple of words or because they're building on some amazing business or leadership uh, expertise, experience, success. Um, you know, something which, which we would struggle to articulate anything like as well. So it's better just to quote these people. And again, people often tell us, oh, I didn't know you could do that. I thought you had to paraphrase it and then put in the, uh, in, the, in the academic reference in the brackets the source that you got it from, but you have to tell it in your own words. I don't know where other universities, other academics, other training providers get these ideas from, totally alien to, to us. So we, we absolutely don't, don't uh, insist on anything like that. You are totally allowed to do all of those things. Uh, flair, having that sense of there being a real living, breathing human being with a particular biography behind them, behind the text is great and is really nice for us. You know, you do also need to think um, of, of managing the psychology of the grader the person reading or listening to your presentation. Um, we obviously have to work with a lot of students and those who are more lively, more energetic, more, more personable, um, lay out their work with, with thought on the page, have text box, boxes with quotes in and the text going around it, use diagrams where appropriate, and so on and so forth. It just looks great on the page. You know, when you, you know, flick through a book, either virtually online um, or in a, in a bookshop, um, other than a work of fiction, but sometimes also with those, you, you kind of know instantly from flicking through the book, whether it's going to be one that you're going to buy or not. I've got on my desk at the moment, a, one of a few books that I keep returning to. It's Mastery by Robert Greene, a great series. Power is also very, very good. And flicking through it, it has a lot of text, this one. It doesn't have the, 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 the stuff of the margins, of the quotes in the margins, although that's very, very cool. But it does have headings in red, some things in italics. Each chapter begins with a, a summary on, on a clean page and a bit of a graphic. You know, it looks interesting on the page, even though there's a lot of words in that book. So put some thought into the presentation of your work 
in the same way that you might imagine someone goes to the fault someone goes to effort to think about how um, any sort of book on a coffee table for example is put together and you're allowed you're absolutely allowed and encouraged to experiment with fonts um, maybe with color with layout with spacing and you know manage the reader um, make sure that the the, the writing that you're putting together flows along and uh, each paragraph builds on the previous one. The headings of the assessment criteria, I can't emphasize enough how useful that is both at the planning stage and really also leaving in when you, when you submit it because it also reinforces to the grader, this is a section that's all about 2.3. Um, it really is very, very handy setting it out like that. Accuracy is awesome. Um, you're not studying for a degree in communication studies, so it's not as though we can be um, pushing you down towards a fail rather than a pass by having dodgy spelling, um, weak understanding. Well, that definitely could, uh, and 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 absent referencing would not be great. But um, you know, we're not here to. Um, uh, to impose some kind of fascistic over-the-top approach to spelling and grammar and, and the rest of it um, but being very accurate does look great it. on the page I can't even hear it like on, no they've recorded it but you can't even hear nothing can't you message me and tell them yeah but I've only just gone on to it so I see I can hear you though I can hear it now <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. we've been here all the time um yes and then in terms of critical analysis this is really the bit where you can really score the highest grades at the university top-up year level um but it's also the bit that people struggle with the most and that's why we're here to help which is when you're weighing in to sort of say well actually um um, actually, in my personal experience, the, the views and approaches that the, these particular academics have taken don't tie in with that. Uh, that. That is your critical analysis. It is okay to discover that um, between a number of selected academics, some of the ideas make a lot more sense than others. Um, that's fine. There are so many different opinions and theories and models and approaches out there. Um, they can all be right. And as we know from businesses failing, from academics, ideas being overtaken by others, you know, people can be wrong. People do get stuff wrong. So if you're reading the work of an academic and you're thinking, I just don't, don't get this, or it's too, uh, it's too simplistic, or it's just wrong based on your personal experience, it is okay to think those things. And remember, well, I'm not sure about remembering, but also note that, um, academics agree on almost nothing so even what you might think of as being fairly uncontroversial topics oftentimes academics will disagree on minutiae of things even definitions of key terms um, and that is something quite extraordinarily difficult to get your head around until you realize this kind of an industry in doing this because if someone is disagreeing with someone else both parties can write about that 
and they can have an argument and they can have fallings out and conferences and and such like and that they get very excited about that and then they have schools of of thought and a whole pile of people will will weigh in on either side and then someone else will say they're both wrong there's an industry in creating this stuff this intellectual property and not all of it is of equal value and different people value different types of intellectual property of this form in different ways so what you need to do is find some of it that you actually rate or value and of course it's also very handy to find bits that you don't rate or don't find of value as long as you've got fairly um, sophisticated uh, arguments for why you don't like those things as opposed to um, just some visceral hatred which I understand but is often not really enough to count as uh, critical analysis so I see there's a question about um, having missed a lot of recording uh, sorry a lot of this session due to a work meeting when the recording be sent out I will try and process this as the podcast uh, this evening um, that's very very quick to prepare and uh, send you all the link um, and uh, as the, the video takes quite a lot longer to process and then get uploaded to, uh, to YouTube, um, but I'll, I'll make sure that happens in the next 48 hours. Um, yeah, so now let's have a look at a real live assignment then. Strategic Marketing Management, this is Kat's area of expertise, uh, hugely well qualified with her, her PhD, gained relatively recently in that, unlike mine, which was a very long time ago. Um, so, yep, she's the, the queen, the guru of this area. So this then is what the assignment brief is. And the, the version in the student handbook has uh, each of the uh, sentences or every couple of sentences is related to the assessment criteria uh, that are pertinent. So here we go. Submit an assignment composed of two complementary essays. I they support one another with a total word count of no more than 3,500 words, include, uh, sorry, excluding references and footnotes. Essay one, with specific reference to one company, we give you some examples because we really like their annual reports, which are super easy to read, very colorful, got loads of information, and we know what mobile phones are, we know what low-cost uh, airlines are, so that helps, you don't have to learn anything new there. Explain the strategic rationale, there's a phrase for definition, for the marketing approach taken by this business. Ensure that you explain the activities of the business by drawing an appropriate academic theories, models and concepts. So that might sound horrendous today if you were asked to, um, to sit down and uh, prepare this, but of course you're not being asked to prepare this today. And we are not going to look at any content at all today. It's all about the structural niceties of assembling the response to an assignment brief, your, um, your piece of work, your assessment. So this, at its basic terms, this is looking at one company, you don't need to look at more than one, explain why they do the marketing they do, and how that supports the strategic rationale, the strategic objectives of that business. And if you look at their annual reports, it will say something in there about the in the next year or in the next five years, we want to be the number one or the number two or number three, whatever's appropriate. Um, so it's that sort of detail you need to be connecting with. The bottom line here really is companies aren't doing marketing for the fun of it. Um, and companies have their own individual aspirations and providing detail on those is what you need to do. And then you need to explain by using academic theories, models and concepts, the type of marketing that they're doing. Now they're doing so many different types of marketing strategically 
um, that you'll just be choosing a couple. Um, but then you're going to be applying a couple of models and approaches to show um, really the behind the scenes, under the hood version of why it is that they're doing this. Essay two, select a small independent business or organization. So we're not talking here about Morrison's or Sainsbury's um, or a big car dealership. We're talking about, you know, a one or a two or a three premise, premise based operation, or it could be even smaller than that, or an organization that, that, that just isn't massive but one that you know well enough that you think it could improve its marketing offer. You might be a particular, uh, you might be a hobbyist, you might uh, frequently visit, I don't know, an air gun and air rifle shop. Um, and you, you might think that they've got such um, a, a nice approach to customer service and they've got great deals and great facilities and they've got a little range downstairs, et cetera, et cetera, but hardly anyone knows about it and you really think they could do better with their offer. Uh, brilliant. Build it around something you're interested in. We've had some great ones on pizza shops as well, independent pizzerias. Using your choice of models, theory or concepts from the module or beyond, and you'll be given some support um, in, you know, in terms of which ones those could be. Explain how you would develop a new marketing strategy for that business or organization, uh, i.e. it could also be a charity, something like that. Um, so this is the practical, the applied, the more micro level, whereas SA1 is really macro and big. On a very, a very EasyJet and T-Mobile USA are doing things which are transferable sort of to a very small level. Um, many of the things they're doing are not. The ethos of the companies certainly is, um, but some of the specifics absolutely are not. So some of the uh, learning points from big companies can be pulled through into SA2. Um, but it's also an opportunity for you to come up with great ideas out of your own head, um, which key into approaches which are endorsed by the marketing literature, marketing academics, um, case studies from, from other industries that you think could be taken up by your choice of small independent business or organization. Um, so that, that's really quite exciting as well. I think number one is exciting because T-Mobile USA and EasyJet are great businesses and they're run in pretty exciting ways compared to many businesses. And number two is great because you get to choose your own business to look at. And um, it's about you thinking how you could make things better as opposed to that classic academic thing of, you know, just criticizing stuff. So, the assessment criteria on the right hand of the screen here are the key things and I'm not going to go through all of them, not least because some of them are about bits of jargon and therefore, you know, you do need to know a little from the PowerPoint decks to be able to unpack them fully. But let's look at number one because 1.1 um, I think absolutely captures the essence of um, what it is that I said earlier about dealing with definitions and other things all, all at once, all in the early stages of an assignment. So here then, discuss the role of strategic marketing in an organization. And that really is about defining what strategic marketing is. So in terms of the burden of effort that you need to go to, you know, in order to really make yourself feel that you're making some progress with your, with your work, um, just starting with this one is, is a, will surely feel so good 
because you can define strategic marketing and the definition of strategic marketing will explain the role and how it keys into the strategic objectives of the, of the, the business. The next one just pushes it that little bit further, explain the processes involved in strategic marketing. And if you just took the phrase strategic marketing, put that in speech marks, then a space and then wrote processes or process and put that into Google, you'll straight away find all on your own um, some sources which will be super helpful. Um, so it's just building up incrementally your understanding, which is learning outcome one, of what strategic marketing management is. So we've got discussed the role of it, which is definite define it, to explain uh, what goes on in it, the processes involved, and then 1.3, evaluate the links between strategic marketing and corporate strategy, which is probably going to be you reinforcing something you said for 1.1, but it is that strategic marketing doesn't happen in a vacuum. Um, it feeds through and supports the corporate strategy as a whole, and then you might give an example or two uh, of how that, how that happens in T-Mobile or EasyJet. And when it comes to um, your, your small independent business, that might also be helpful to do because everything connects in a business or it certainly ought to. And if it doesn't, um, businesses shouldn't really carry on doing it. So specifying how strategic marketing activity feeds through to support the corporate strategy is absolutely vital and is remarkably easy to do. So just with three, probably three paragraphs or maybe between three and six paragraphs assessment criteria 1.1 1.2 1.3 can just be done and you know that's you a quarter of the way through dealing with you know all of the assessment criteria that you've got to got to tick off uh we'll just quickly i'll just quickly because i can't resist go on to 2.1 assess the value of models used in strategic marketing planning the key thing here is to start off by explaining what the value of models is full stop and that then is a test really as to whether the models you're looking at are later on are good or not but what are models for that's what you're looking for there a definition really of the value of models so hopefully that's given you a strong sense of confidence that even when you and I know almost nothing about the topic we can begin to think what sort of information it is we're going to look for how we're going to structure it but it's somewhere between three and six paragraphs and that's one set of assessment criteria dealt with and that's quarter of the way through your very first set of credits for an assignment at master's level and it really is that simple and by doing some by having some academic uh, references and sources and quotes in there you're ticking all those boxes by all smoothly leading from paragraph to paragraph, section to section, with the headers drawn from the assessment criteria, um, it should really build up like uh, like layers of layers of sand. And the further assessment guidance, which you feed in at an early stage as well, also in that student handbook, um, tells you stuff. So, for example, when it comes to 1.1, uh, they need to discuss a minimum of three established models. It's a different uh, a different unit. Don't panic. That's a strategic change one where you need to explain about models, but you only need to cover three. Don't cover more than three. Highlighting the differences in approach. Don't talk about where they concur, where they overlap. It's the differences that really matter. So, you know, with those headings and the assessment criteria, 
with the understanding that you're going to put in quotes and definitions and such like, then making sure that you have enough of the content covered, like free models. Um, hopefully, you're beginning to see how this could absolutely take three to five, four to eight hours a week. And part of that fitting in around your life, taking only those number of hours per week, is because another great source of information is or are podcasts. There are so many out there. Be ruthless. Choose ones which are great. Start with some of mine because they are high energy um, deconstructions of the things that you need to do, the techniques you need to apply in your study. Um, but there are many other great ones out there as well. I quite often um, tweet or, or post about ones I'm listening to at the moment, which you might like, but you might not. So it's okay also to find your own. And if you're really, really into sport, um, then there are some great podcasts out there about sport um, and, you know, quotes from sporting legends um, or, you know, tactics, master tactic tacticians in football or whatever else. Super, super helpful. Um, you can draw on all those things as well. So while you, while you work, while you garden, while you gym, while you commute, you know, swap out a couple of your um, journeys where you've been listening to 80s acid trance or Gregorian chant just a couple of times a week, listen to a few podcasts, jot down some notes. Um, that is also academic study. And, um, you know, just remember that it's it's really good to do it might lead you to have thoughts unrelated to what you're actually listening to which are also very helpful um for your creation of the uh, assignments as well um in terms of plagiarism another big fear that uh people have is that they are going to accidentally plagiarize and that's totally impossible do not fear plagiarism it's impossible to do accidentally uh, we find no one does it accident. Uh, sorry, no one does it accidentally. Every so often, you come across someone who uh, who attempts to copy and paste stuff off the internet. And we have our um, technical and other ways of uh, detecting this, so that's not a problem. But it really is impossible to do accidentally. If you accidentally lose sight of a quote that you used and it accidentally becomes incorporated into your work, we've all done that. That just happens. And uh, we might spot it and sort of say, hey, keep an eye on this, make sure, you know, this doesn't happen too often. Absolutely fine, not a problem there. But plagiarism, the deliberate copying of other people's work um, is absolutely um, not something you can you can do accidentally and um, please do not fear this thing um, you don't need to endlessly um, be concerned um, just make sure that you have the quote source near the quote that you jot down and then when you begin to pull your work together into the final version um, you won't accidentally lose track of what's your work and what someone else's I've explained this and many other things um, in podcasts. Uh, I cover plagiarism in more depth, but don't panic, not huge depths. Um, you don't need a bathysphere to plumb the depths of this one in a roundabout or less than six minutes, um, because it is something that people are, are very concerned about. When it comes to referencing, I've already done an example slightly earlier, uh, and that specified just how simple it is. Um, we really are talking about just this. So you have a quote, or if you must paraphrase, a paraphrase, much better a quote in speech marks, inverted commas, 
Um, and all it is, is the author or author's name or names, the year of publication or presentation of the work, a colon, those two dots over the top of one another, then a space, then the page number, if there is a page number, sometimes there isn't, then closing your, um, your quote with another, uh, with the right bracket this time, sort of a left one, and then your punctuation goes after that. But of course, what we're not doing really is marking you on your accuracy with this every single time. So don't worry about this too much. Um, it's great to get it perfect, um, but and it's really quite easy to get it perfect as well, I should say. Um, but it doesn't matter if you make a mistake here or there. If there's no space between the colon and the page number, we are not going to die in a ditch over that. And all the only reason we have referencing, to be honest with you, is in case we want to read more around the extract that you've provided um, for our own interest. There is really no point you, you thinking or us trying to communicate to you that we are checking up on you because that would be horrible to do. And we're absolutely not doing that. We are not going to check that you have actually got the source from the place that you said you did, unless you give us reason to. But I mean, it's so unlikely. It's what's much more likely and happens reasonably frequently is we, we see a quote or a case study uh, of business success or something. We think, gosh, we want to learn more about that. And um, so we then click on the link, which hopefully, helpfully you might have provided or otherwise find the, the source that you used. Oh, we go and read around that thing and, and enjoy doing so. So um, yeah, it, it really isn't uh, anything negative or defensive uh, about referencing that you need to be worried about. It, it really is quite the opposite. It's a positive thing that uh, if you've got great quotes, we'll want to, to read more about that, to, about what that person or people said. When it comes to an organization, as opposed to an author or authors, things get somewhat more complicated. But um, as you can see, I've, I've even left out um, any punctuation at all in the BBC News one underneath. So the BBC News website, 6th of April 2019, that's enough for most news stories. And then um, you'd have a hyperlink there as well. And uh, can just go and uh, I can just go and click on that, and uh, that will be absolutely fine. So, you know, in summary, that's all there is to referencing. Please don't worry if any of this seems a little bit alien now. Uh, I promise you it won't in time. And the bottom line is it really is as simple as this. So even if you just printed out this sheet and, you know, stuck that on the wall near your monitor or something, you know, that's all you need to follow. This is a version of um, the Harvard referencing system. It's a slight adaptation. Um, and it, should you become fascinated in, in, in all of this, there are so many different forms of referencing and so many different sort of sub-genres of it. Um, it's quite a crazy world. And uh, neither Kat nor myself are um, super enthusiastic about these things. So uh, we, we just, you know, have a style and we stick to it. Um, but there are many different styles out there. But uh, this is a nice, simple one for Minerva and Northampton. So like I said earlier, avoiding plagiarism. Yeah, let, let's aim to avoid it. But really, it's impossible to do plagiarism accidentally. You don't accidentally cut and paste, you know, two thirds uh, of the work that you submit, you know, that's just not possible. No one cuts and pastes stuff and thinks, oh, that's my work. No, no, no. Um, and that's why it's very infrequently encountered on, uh, on this pathway. Reference everything and then it, you know, you certainly can't be accused of uh, doing any plagiarism. Direct quotes are, quit, uh, are king, they're ace anyway, and it's lovely to see the confidence of people using direct quotes. 
in general, it looks great on the page for if it's, if the quote that you've got is two sentences or fewer, put it into speech marks. Um, if it's more than two sentences, as an indented paragraph is nice on the eye and it breaks up all the text. Just think about that look of your work on the page. You know, flick through um, a book that you, you don't mind reading once in a while and look at the layout and think, wow, why does that work? That's really, that's really awesome. Um, and, you know, pick up lessons from that. Uh, if you're inspired by something, do some paraphrasing. That's fine. Cite the reference where you got it from. Um, but as I say, if you accidentally incorporate um, a quote of someone else's into your work, don't worry about it. It does happen. And um, you're not going to be failed instantaneously um, and hung, drawn and quartered for that. So that is Harvard Referencing Made Easy. There's a video on a podcast as well, as you might imagine. Please don't sweat it. Close enough is good enough. We're not about perfection. Ask if you've got questions. We can help you find ways of um, referencing anything. Uh, whatever you do, don't labor yourself over it excessively because we probably have a way where we can get it sorted in, in literally a couple of minutes. Not metaphorically, literally a couple of minutes. There is also a reference generator on the VLE, which some people absolutely swear by, but uh, Kat and myself are, are somewhat skeptical of, of a lot of these things. Uh, we find it just as easy to do yourself. So if, if I were taking notes from a book, I would do the bibliographic reference at the top of the page, um, which would I would then copy and paste into my bibliography uh, in, in the essay, should I use quotes from that person? And uh, really, that, that's as quick as, well, it's, it's way quicker than using Mendeley and uh, this uh, reference generator. But uh, some people love those things. Um, we don't. Sometimes they can be a shortcut to lots and lots of busy work where you're filling in data fields and thinking you're doing work, but actually all you're doing is putting stuff in a database. Um, but if, you, if, if it does work for you, if you do find it efficient, that's great. There's also that feature built into, into Word, um, which again, neither Kat nor myself use, but we know several people who absolutely swear by it and have enjoyed um, using uh, that, that reference generator. So yep, feel free to use those if you wish, but you don't have to. And we've, we've got some more examples and a spoken through version of, uh, you know, how to quote several authors, how to quote several sources, um, how to quote something that's quoted by someone else. But it's a lot easier for us just to talk you through any one of those uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis because you don't come across those things very often. Um, multiple um, sources from the same person in, in the same year, um, label them A, B, C, D, and E, et cetera. We can help with all of that, but um, it's a lot more interesting for us and for you, I think, if we deal with those on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So hopefully you now believe that fitting study in and around your lives and keeping your life just as busy as it is, um, is absolutely okay. And it's fine. And people do that. And dividing your work into segments of X number of minutes, absolutely fine. Um, you can either seek or reject monastic solitude and silence, depending on what works for you. And maybe for different topics um, or at different stages of pulling your work together or just beginning doing exploratory stuff, you need different environments. I always like going out to, to work in a, in a Starbucks when that's possible, as opposed to sitting at home and doing stuff because I don't want to be on my own, but also don't want to talk to people. Um, so I quite like busy sounds around me 
even if uh, I myself am perhaps in my own world, perhaps also might have, have my headphones in as well. I like being out of the house to do stuff. Other people absolutely love being at home, in silence if they can find it. Um, whatever works for you, absolutely fine. And um, it'll be really interesting to hear over the next uh, couple of days and weeks what ideas you have already, what's worked for you. And also, as time goes on, what you find sort of persists as being useful. So uh, much to your relief, I imagine, that really concludes um, what I wanted to say today. Um, so it, I'll, um, I'll ask Kat if she wants to, uh, to add in any words uh, momentarily, um, but also she doesn't have to because I've absolutely uh, given her no warning that I was uh, about to say that, so she may not have anything to add. And then we'll, um, we'll hit our, our Q&A. And I hope you've enjoyed it so far. So Kat, if you've got anything you want to add, it's not a problem if you don't. Well, you, you basically covered everything I could think of, Moots. Um, it's just, yeah, like just me reiterating, um, use the support you have. Um, if you're unsure of anything, like whether you are heading in the right direction or you just want to talk something through, um, then yeah, please don't hesitate to contact us. Um, and apart from that, I really do hope you will enjoy the learning journey with us. Fantastic, brilliant, thanks Kat. So yeah, over to um, our lovely audience and uh, feel free to ask a question, um, you know, either um, uh, by voice or in the chat window, whatever works best for you. And uh, Kat and I will do our very best to, um, to answer, to help. Hi there, uh, Scott Jameson here. Scott. Hi there. Um, so you've said this will be available as a podcast and the video will be uploaded to the VLE. Is there any yes. way to access the PowerPoint directly so we can skip through it at our own pace? Yes, in fact, there's, there's already a, a spoken version of that podcast, of, of the PowerPoint available. So um, I'll check where that is before I commit to saying it's already on the VLE. Um, but yeah, that, that's no problem at all. Yeah, and then you've got it in, in many formats. Perfect, thanks. No worries. Mills, hi, it's Matt. Hello, Matt. Hey, um, I'm, uh, I've been working from home for four months and expect I um, will continue to do so for next year. Have other cohorts found that that, that sort of lockdown has had an impact on their ability to um, sit down with people and sort of catch up on some of these subjects over coffee, you know, grabbing someone that you know who is in um, marketing or HR or fire um, management or something? Has it been much of an impact with people working from home on their studies? I think in general, most people um, have have been more productive, um, probably earlier on in the lockdown phase. We've all gone a bit tired of it towards the end, that, that's for sure. Um, and, and the same with the working from home thing. Um, in, in terms of it affecting the sort of conversational side of things and, and, and research and such, like, no, not really. Uh, I think most people, um, you know, it's, it's probably a lot easier now than it ever has been. Mm. to uh to drop a line to someone and then sort of move that from a, a, a an acquaintance you've generated on linkedin to having a zoom call about the topic because everyone is now you know much more chilled about 
um, you know, video calling and, and, and such like. So yeah, I think the sort of virtual coffee type thing is, 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 is going to be, you know, something that's going to last beyond the COVID um, nightmare. And, and that's generally really only, only had much of an impact in, in year two for the research for the dissertation, to be honest, because most okay. people don't do, although they could, um, don't do any any research for um, for the modules in, in in year one. So the only the only effect there has been people have had you know less time commuting, so more time to study. So a good deal of people have accelerated their their progress on the pathway. Um, but when it comes to research, yeah, that that's now switched to you know talking and zooming as opposed to to meeting up. Uh, for drinks or um, or coffee because we do encourage people to to have a very you know human relationship mm. with with people that are gathering information from not just you know send a questionnaire or you know black them over the head with a whole load of semi-structured questions so a chat over coffee or, or whatever is a much nicer way of doing things but um, from what we've heard most most um, research targets if you like interviewees have been very happy to uh, to shift that to to online yeah, good news. Thanks. Yeah, it's rare good news, yeah. Hi, Mills. It's uh, Alan. Hey, Alan. How's it going? Yeah, good, good. It, it, it's getting late in the UAE. <laughs> um, firstly... Oh, Sorry about that. Oh, no, yeah. it's not. It's not that. Burning the midnight it, oil. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we get up early and we go to bed early. You have to get up early to exercise. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like 50 degrees Oof. during the day. So, so thank you to yourself, firstly, and, and, and Kat and Guy for such an informative uh, presentation. So thank the question you. I had was, was when, uh, and I may have missed an email, I'm not too sure, uh, when, when do we get the VLE access? Right, Kat, I think that's one for you. Yeah, so that's very easy. So I will send around like an email tomorrow uh, confirming how you can access the VLE. However, if you already want to take a note of it now, um, I can tell you already uh, how you could access it. So actually, in fact, I can write that in the chat box for everyone. Um, yeah, that's so you, cool. access, you access the VLE. Um, performance stop. Okay, so that's the website. So www.minervaeliteperformance.co.uk. You see a red VLE button at the right in the right-hand corner. If you click that, you will get us to provide your. It's either username or it directly says email. However, the username is your email. The email you used uh, when communicating with Rachel. And the password is set as a default option, and that's password. So all in small letters, in lowercase letters. Once you have logged in, you can then change the password to a password of your choice. Yeah, that's great. And um, yeah, originally the, the, the plan was to kind of do a bit of a walkthrough of a VLE. Um, I, I mean, to, to be honest, walkthroughs of um, virtual learning environments are not a lot of fun um, so we, we've kind of decided to, to skip over that and, and it's it's 
more interesting, I think, for yourselves to to go in and and, and have a have an explore on your own. Um, it's not scary, um, but but yes, us us walking you through it is um, not going to enhance your experience. I don't think. Thank you. So, so thank you, Kat, and thank you, Mills. And then secondly, all I had was you showed us, I can't remember the, the exact uh, slide number, which, which had a, the 12-month breakdown or 11-month breakdown yes. with, with modules. Is that the set order of modules or, or is it? Yeah, you, you should should be in receipt of, or you should shortly receive um, a personalized uh, version of that, which is for all, everyone starting at the same point of time. And I think there's a mix of people on this call. Some, some may have um, been formally started previously, so they might be starting at a different point. Um, but that, that will tell you what the first assignment is and the second one and so on and so forth. Um, but of course, you, this is in order to get you over the line in 12 months if you want to go faster that is totally not a problem uh, it's good to know because then we can we can support you and, and uh, potentially hassle you if you want uh, to, to make sure that you do go a bit faster if you need to to take a break or to slow down that's also totally fine as well um, but you, you, you should have that um, winging its way to you very shortly or, or you should have it already uh, if you I drop mean, Rachel a line, if you have, oh, sorry, Kat, you can say something. No, it's, it's just what, what I can say to that is you see the full outline that's on the VLE. Um, what I have already done with previous students. So looking at that, some of the assignments are verbal assessments. Uh, when students are abroad, some of our students, they just don't have access to the internet and they might actually find it like really difficult to book in the verbal assessment slot. In that case, there's quite a bit of flexibility and I could move you on to like a, a, the, next written, um, the next written unit. And then you can then say, for example, go back to the verbal one once you know, you've, got, you've got access to the internet. Once um, there is like, you know, you feel comfortable with actually conducting the verbal assessment. So yes, we do have like a set outline, a set, um, well, it's, it's, oh, I always, I, I don't really like the word deadlines. They're more like guidelines so that you know for yourself where you are at in the process. However, there is also some flexibility. And, and thank you for that clarity, Kat, and thank you, Mills. Not a problem, you're welcome. <laughs> thanks for the question and thanks, Kat. Fact, what I'll just quickly miss, I'll just check the first unit. Um, I'm pretty sure it's now unit 14. I'll just double check so that everybody okay. is also on the same page. Brilliant, thank you. Um, because we recently changed the order slightly, that's why I just want to double check and don't say anything wrong. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. So. Um, well, in the meantime, everyone, uh, please feel free to ask more questions and I'll then just get back to it once I've, I've got the answer. <laughs> yeah, and also to say, you know, we've, we've emphasised um, through both describing it, but also living it, the sort of conversational approach to learning that we take. And uh, it'll be Kat and myself that uh, you'll be dealing with, with most going forward. 
um, you know, you, you don't, this is not your only opportunity to ask questions. It's your only opportunity perhaps with this bunch of people uh, to ask questions, but um, it is not a problem, you know, after today dropping us a line with a question um, or, or fixing a time for, for a chat. If anything hasn't made sense uh, or if you want, you know, further explanation or if something occurs to you after this moment, um, it's not a, not a, you know, a one, um, a one chance deal type thing. And um, yeah, we're, we're having breaks over summer, of course, but uh, you know, there'll always be someone working over summer as well. So, you know, we don't, even at the university stage, you know, we, don't, we don't ditch you for, for two or three months um, at a time either. So um, sometimes we forget to get back to you. Please forgive us for being only too human on occasion. <laughs> so um, sometimes you'll need to manage us to make sure that you do get the, uh, the answer you need and within a time frame that's, uh, that's that's uh, that's bearable but um we have the very best of intentions it's just uh yeah i'm in particular a very poorly organized individual so cat says the first unit is unit 14 supply chain management generally speaking that's one that uh, people enjoy uh very much so that's good news and um it's a written unit so you don't need to worry about you know um talking so much <laughs> which is great news as well and uh, that's due at the end of, of August. Um, so yeah, that, that's one to make a start on. Um, but yeah, it, it's not one to dread starting with. Starting with finance would, would not be so much fun, I think. Hi guys, it's uh, Hassan. Thank you so much for the uh, introduction. It's really quite uh, useful, really beneficial, really puts uh, me and just to echo some of the guys in front of me, um, it puts us at ease a little bit. Good. Um, especially with the referencing, that's always, um, as silly as it might sound, that's always put me off further education. Absolutely. We hear that so often, Hassan, and it's, it's, really, it's really great and quite a privilege to have the opportunity to, you know, lay it to rest for people. But it, it's so de depressing imagining how many people are out there, you know, still put off by it. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not fair. Um, a quick question then. So the, um, the top up MBA elements, the second year, yeah. um, that's with Northampton or um, Cardiff Met and the preferred providers. When do we have to make a decision and what's the process of kind of booking onto that, please? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Well, we very much hope, well, I personally very much hope that, um, that it won't be a question in your mind at all <laughs> about which one to go for. I mean, uh, Kat and myself uh, work at Northampton and I run the MBA top-up programme there, uh, which is one of the large, if not the largest in the country with free intakes a year. But you don't need to make up your mind until um, a couple of weeks before those, those programmes begin, which at Northampton is... September registration for October start, um, January for February and March for April. Um, in terms of the process, it's been designed by people who love writing software and not people who love customers. So I believe it's a 32 or 36 stage um, click-a-thon of getting through the process, um, but it's all very basic stuff. Um, uploading certificate of uh, a copy of a certificate that you you get at the end of, of year one and so on. Um, you have, I think, uh, a sort of um, a statement of why it is you want to to, to get an MBA. You're pre-approved for acceptance anyway, so you don't need to um, go to a huge amount of effort writing those. But um, 
you know, it, there is also no doubt that you will be accepted. Um, so you're not competing for a place. We never run out of places. And, uh, you know, we love working with, with people from, you know, um, this, this, this pathway uh, and, and nudging them towards uh, graduation with an MBA. That's brilliant. Thank you. And of course, at the moment, uh, it's always 100% distance learning anyway for most people, but we get quite a few folk who want to come along to campus uh, just for a coffee, just to meet up, to talk things over in person when that's possible. Um, that, that will restart. Um, um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, but it's, the program was designed as distance learning as the Minerva one has been. So it's not as though we're suddenly inventing things because of COVID as, uh, as some universities are having to do. Um, but when we can meet socially, um, you know, that, that, that's great to do, to talk through the dissertation and such like for year two. Um, I sometimes meet on campus, but as often as not, um, I'm traveling about the country and, and, you know, we can always find a Starbucks or a McDonald's or, or somewhere to, to hang out and have a chat. So um, yeah, it's always great to do that. So I think we might be coming to a bit of a, a natural end of things. And uh, I'm, I'm reminded that uh, I have a, a bucket of wings, which has been delivered, which I, uh, I must go and eat. Um, so thanks so much for joining us today. It's uh, literally an honor to work with you. And uh, thank you for the trust and the confidence you've invested in, in Minerva. And we hope University of Northampton for your MBA studies. Um, this is not a one-off, uh, as I've said, and uh, we look forward to, you know, supporting, answering any of your questions going forward, being there for conversational learning, supporting you with your, your drafting, and uh, you may feel that you are quite demanding in the first module or two, but uh, the, the great thing about us transferring study skills and confidence to, to learners such as yourselves is that... Um, as time goes by, you get better and better at doing the assignments. So, you know, there, there are lots of handrails there early on. And then after those stages, it just becomes second nature that uh, you hammer out the assignments and um, you, get, you get more and more efficient uh, at them. And it, it takes less and less time um, to do each of them. So um, that's enough for me, I think. Uh, Kat, do you have any kind of closing words to, um, to add in? Um, well, just, yeah, just saying that I'm uh, looking forward to start working with you, maybe already from tomorrow onward. Um, and yeah, also like echoing Mill's words, uh, thank you very much for choosing Minerva as your educa education provider and that we will do our very best to make it a pleasant um, education journey. Brilliant. Thanks so much. And uh, from all of us, then, we hope you have a super evening and I'll prepare the podcast as quickly as possible. Uh, I'm very sorry about this uh, confusion about the timing, which uh, was, I'm afraid, uh, news to me. Otherwise, I would have um, uh, um, provided an update email. Um, um, so, yeah, let, let's make sure I'll, I'll try and make sure that doesn't happen again. But I do apologize if you uh, if you were logging on at 11 and, and were disappointed. Um, and anything we can do to make, make that up, please do, please do say. 
Um, so thanks so much for your time and uh, have a lovely evening. Um, just one, one thing before we hang up, Moose. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. I just see all of our, <laughs> like everyone is basically talking about setting a WhatsApp group. Um, before we stop the, the recording here, is there anything yes. you have to, we have, can, can we help with that? Or do you already have each other's contact details? That's just me being a bit alien to the whole Zoom kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I, I could set one up but um, I'm not very efficient at setting up a, a WhatsApp one. It is a very good idea for sort of peer-to-peer -peer support for each cohort. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if, if someone was willing to take the lead and uh, then every individual wants to be part of it from a cohort, share their contact information directly with that person. And I believe that would be, that would be GDPR compliant. So um, we can, um, we can get that sent out tomorrow or if, I can also leave this session running for a bit and um, just stop the recording and then people can share um, share their numbers if they wish um, and then we'll find a way of including those who, who've had to leave already or who weren't able to make it today yeah what, whatever is easiest for everyone I, I just noticed it and before yeah we just thanks Kat I have yeah. yeah good spot thank you <laughs> Someone's already. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, it's Alan. I'll, I'll take that. Um, I, I can see Ben's already shared his number. Uh, Scott. So if you stop the recording, that's probably the best. Yes. Let me um, try and remember how to do that. Because yeah. <laughs> the last time I did this, <laughs> I uh, I also managed to end the session, which was uh, not super popular. <laughs>